Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, welcome to your Hollywood Crime Scene mini episode. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm sleepy, man. <laughs> Um, okay. Well, first of all, I have to start with the biggest news story of the week, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the fact that um, talk show host Wendy Williams, live on the air, did a burp fart. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. And I have an audio clip to play no, of the burp fart. you don't. I do. Okay. okay. So I'm going to try to do this. Okay. Press play. It's a matter of time. She's not lonely. <laughs> 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 oh my god oh my god so yeah there's not really much more to that story than the burp fart you don't hear a lot of burp farts no i've done a sneeze fart possibly possibly i mean i do i do put those out of my head right away but <laughs> but i would say that the sneeze fart is an established function well that's actually a forceful action pushing something <laughs> i don't find a burp to be that forceful i guess they can be it's got to be a hell of a burp for it to push out a fart yeah and i did it did seem like she was holding it in so maybe she was because <laughs> it had that tight sound of like really squeezing to Look, make it not happen uh probiotics are hot right now yeah so we don't know what's going on in people's guts no and i i give all my kudos to the audience for not literally losing their shit right laughing and getting it together <laughs> i wouldn't have been able to continue the show I would have been kicked out, yeah. probably. <laughs> but you know what? My hat is off to Wendy Williams. I feel like she the show must go on. She continued the show. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Honestly, those are the situations where I'm always, in general, with people when they get dunked on, like that mommy milky guy. Yeah. Uh, it's like the minute you start being serious about it, you look like a bigger idiot. Yeah. When you own it, you just no one can really make fun of you. It no. ends. Everyone yeah. can laugh and move on. Right. So if you have a burp, burp fart, <laughs> that's my advice, especially yeah. if you're on stage. But she is the first person that I know of in history to have a burp fart. Other than maybe a baby. Yes. Because they're just letting everything out yeah. without any you know, worry about consequences or being shamed. Right. <laughs> okay. I saw one other mortifying story. It's not really Hollywood or a crime, but I thought it was pretty funny. This woman had a very popular TikTok uh, recently. She is in the UK. She told the story about how after she gave birth to their heart, to her baby, not to her husband. Her husband and her and like the baby are in that picture when she's in the hospital bed. Like every parents take that picture. And he sent the picture to the whole family, but it was unedited. <gasps> and her hospital gown was still pulled up with her huge bush and pussy. <laughs> <laughs> he sent it to everyone in the family. Uh, her big old post-pregnancy bush where a lot of people don't do any grooming well, of course at not. all. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he has a happy look on his face in this picture. Um, people were... Obviously, like I would divorce this man <laughs> because it is pretty uh, bad. Wait, so, I want to see it. 
She did post the, there's no picture of the picture with the bush. Cause obviously you can't be like, I'm so embarrassed. Here it is for the daily mail. Right. <laughs> so I haven't seen the picture, but I, there is the picture with the happy face emoji over the bush. Oh my God. So it's a very happy photo that could have been saved by some simple cropping. Yeah. He just chose to send it out. Uh, it's a great photo. It's a cute post pregnancy or post giving birth photo. Yeah. But yeah. So that was, uh, I thought that was a pretty funny story. You could probably find it on uh, TikTok. Um, good luck to the husband. Yeah. <laughs> He's definitely going to owe her for life. So, in some sort of crime related news, a case we covered. The Amityville horror killer Ronald DeFeo Jr. died in prison this week oh. at the age of 69. So we did an episode on this guy. He killed his whole family back in 1960. I'm sorry, 1974. He uh, died in prison this week, and we don't know why because they don't release medical information like that. But I think you should tell me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, anyway, so I just thought I would say he is dead. Seemed like a real. Uh, Bad guy, and yeah. I don't know that he they did. In, it inspired the Amityville horror movie. Yeah, so we did a movie versus reality on that, like a few Halloweens ago, maybe. Yeah, it uh, was during a Halloween month. Yeah, so check that out. Uh, it's a good, it's a good story or an interesting story. Um, he blamed, uh, I think he blamed LSD. That was like his uh, excuse for what he did. Um, so yeah, and I think was there a recent. There was a recent Amityville Horror with um, Ryan Reynolds, right? Yeah. Did you watch out, it? Uh, it was like in 2005, I, I think. almost watched this movie the other day for some reason, uh, but I did not. I've only seen the Amityville 1 and Amity- Amityville 2. I think I saw, I, I'm the same. Well, we watched Amityville 2 for your episode. We did? Yeah. <laughs> and it has all the weird incest stuff in it. Oh. Remember? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. So... This is a wild story. I think people sent, maybe both of us, or sent it to our Hollywood crime scene Twitter account. This is, um, <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a movie, that movie, um, the, what's the Drop Dead Gorgeous yeah. movie? Okay. This is about a Pennsylvania high school cheerleader was targeted by a mom who allegedly conspired to get her daughter's rivals kicked off the squad with deep fake videos uh, of them drinking and smoking while acting slutty. <laughs> but she created these videos of her daughter's cheerleading rivals to look back, I guess get kicked off the squad for being like party girls or something this like that. This is demented. Did you hear this story? I saw somebody sent us, I didn't read the story, but I saw someone sent us this. So obviously the girls who were deep faked, I don't even know what that technically means. Is that when their faces are put on other bodies and it looks kind of real? Look, Desi, <laughs> I'm asking you for science. I am very afraid of deep fakes as a technology. I feel like that nothing good can come from this. There is no positive to deep fake technology existing. This is essentially where someone else's you you can superimpose someone else's face onto a video right. and make it look like somebody is doing something, whatever you want. You know, it already happens. It's been happening in porn. Like they've been superimposing celebrities' faces into porn. I don't like this technology. I don't think it should exist. Well, the victim of this crime, Maddie Heim, is very upset about it. She said... You know, no one. I thought no one would believe me because there's proof. There is a video that's obviously me, even though it was manipulated. She also said that um, 
she had sent the photos because she was manipulated to send them photos for some other reason. So that's kind of how they were able to use some of the photos they used. She um, went to her mom, obviously, and they called the police. It had been going on for a while and she didn't even know that this was happening. This mom was like, she's literally out of a movie. Like (laughs) this mom is sort of wild and there's her, her mugshot has to be seen. So please look it up. Let me see. (laughs) Hold on a second. Let me see if it's in this article. Oh yeah, it is. What a bitch. (laughs) She kind of looks like Tanya Harding ish, but like, obviously I think she's like 50. She like going after high school students when you're someone's mom is demented. I can't even imagine like that giving like, a fuck about this shit, like cheerleading like squads and stuff like that. You would that you would be criminal towards teenagers. Get it's a just fucking wild. Life. Get a fucking life. Um, she's charged with cyber harassment of a child. She should. I be. mean, so this is not. This is a serious crime to commit to like make these deep fakes. This is one of those stories where I'm like, wow, we're gonna really have to make some new laws about certain things that aren't even on the books as being criminal yet because they well, haven't existed. That's like, what I'm <laughs> saying is I'm worried about the technology scares me because I don't know what it's gonna do. Maybe I'm like overrea- overreacting or being too, but like deep fake technology is something that like makes my skin crawl. I guess what I don't know is how easy it is to detect. Yeah. Like Like there must be experts who are able to see, oh, this was spliced on whatever. But once it's out there, the public is going to be like, no, I think it's real because they're going to want to believe it. Well, and if you don't even know that someone's doing it, you have no recourse. Like they might not tell you, but you just don't get on the squad and you have no idea why. Do you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. Oh, in the cheerleading instance? Right. Like she didn't even know right away until much, like after a few incidents. So that's pretty scary. Now, here is a little cat crime news. A food delivery driver stole a family cat on camera in Colorado. (gasps) Okay, here's the woman and the cat. So this is on... Like their surveillance camera, I guess. the cat's outside. Did you think it was a stray? I don't know. So this happened in Adams County. They are searching for a food delivery driver who they say stole a family's cat while making a late night delivery to a home nearby. The catnapper was captured on surveillance around 10.30 p.m. on March 9th at this home. The Postmates driver pulled up to the home in a white SUV with unknown plates, dropped off the food delivery before snatching up the family's cat, Simba. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, but it's like so tragic. Like Aww. to imagine like your cat just being gone. She picked up Simba, got in her car and just drove away. Simba. This is my favorite part of the story. Simba is an 11th, 11 month old orange tabby cat with a pink nose and an M above it. <laughs> like, well, I it's a tabby. Des- I love the description of like, okay, like that narrows it down to orange tabbies. Well, all tabbies have that M. Right. He is not microchip, but he was wearing a collar tag with oh. the information well, on it. Well, then that's clearly not a stray. So this delivery driver. Right. Because I was trying to give her the benefit of the doubt at first like well maybe she thought it was a stray but that is weird to just like immediately snatch it if you were immediately snatching it you've made no effort to maybe find yeah what's happening yeah anyway they're still looking for this person so if you have seen simba 
he, his family wants him back. Please, just, obviously, just give the cat. There's so many cats that need. She's home. on this video too, so it's like you're probably gonna get busted. Like, also, wouldn't Postmates have a record of who he, went to that house or nearby? The that thing night? is, you don't need to steal someone else's pet. There are so many rescue animals that need absolutely ho- that need homes. Totally, there's literally no reason yeah. to do this. So, good luck to the family. I, I hope, hope they get Simba. Simba back. I hope we get a good update on Me this. Me too. Okay, this, um, I have some supernatural stories coming at Hell you now. yeah. Because we got a really good letter this week that I'll read at the end. So I was like, let's just round it out with a few more supernatural. <laughs> one of them is also related to a case we covered. Great. So the first one I have, the headline is, Grandma Captures Video of Horned Demon Standing Over Her Granddaughter's Crib. Now, I love these kind of stories because I like seeing the pictures. Because <laughs> oftentimes people have in their baby room cameras like our video monitors picking up weird things that look like ghosts or whatever. So this is a Las Vegas grandmother. She reached out to paranormal experts after she recorded a demon lurking over the crib of her granddaughter. Tori McKenzie is 41 years old and she had set up a motion activated camera in her granddaughter, Amber's um, bedroom. She, Amber's two years old. So she said that she saw her two-year-old talking on the camera, telling an unseen object to go away one night. <gasps> uh, and I think she... <laughs> Here's some pictures of um, the demon caught on camera, Rachel. No. No. Desi, <laughs> let me look at that. That is a man in a suit. That is... Look, I, I'm the ghost expert on this show. Oh, I don't think it's real, but Desi, I think it's one of the funnier... Um, that. This is like, he looks like a man in one of those green screen suits. That's what or I'm something. saying. This is a man in a spandex suit prancing around the room. Wait, is this also the guy with the brown hair? Or is it someone else? I think that might be someone coming in for the toddler after the fact. Yeah, but I'm did not. You hear that? Did that I did. I was like, did, wait, what? Did that screen get on? <laughs> it was recorded. That's perfect. So she didn't find this out until four days later. Um, There appeared to be this creature standing over the child, um, and she says, it was so shocking when I saw it, I had to do a double take. The first thing I saw was horns on its head, so you immediately think it's the devil or a demon. There's no horns on its head. (laughs) Was there a better picture? In that picture. So she's very um, scared. She needs to not be worrying about ghosts and start worrying about (laughs) there's an intruder going into my grandchild's bedroom because that's what that looks like is an intruder. It It doesn't look like a ghost. Seriously. It's like maybe it's the catnapper, but for kids. Oh, a kidnapper. (laughs) You idiot. You fucking idiot. After attempting to ward off the evil spirits, she she like burned oils. She also played the All American Rejects "Move Along." That was part of her process. Rachel, <laughs> is that supposed to work? I have no idea. So she then went to um, get professional help. So she hired um, a parent. I guess she a- absolutely should get professional help. <laughs> She needs, she needs to talk to someone about why she can't clearly see that that is an intruder. That is a human being. What She went to like a support group called the Paranormal Society. Uh, and she wrote, someone wrote there, I see this all the time. Whenever there's a new baby in the house, the deceased family members pop in to see the new baby. This That's is nice. photographic proof of a deceased grandparent step, stopping in for a visit. So I don't know if that's true. (laughs) It sounds far-fetched to me, uh, but yeah. I'm the one who believes in all this 
You're immediately, I'm out. And I am immediately skeptical of this. So that says something. Let's see if this one hits you better. Now, this is people, this is about um, a family that live in the home where child star Judith Barcy was murdered 32 (gasps) years ago. They claim that this home is haunted. Now, this sounds uh, more real to I believe me. this. Okay. So a family that moved into the house where Child Star was murdered is getting a home maker makeover to have a fresh, clean start. In 2001, the Bernal family moved into the Canoga Park, California residence, which happens to be the location of a gruesome double homicide suicide 13, um, 13 years prior. I don't think that's right. Oh, 2001. So it was 13 years prior to 2001. Joseph Barcy shot and killed his 10-year-old daughter, Judith, and wife, Maria, before soaking their bodies in gasoline and setting them on fire and fatally shooting himself in the garage. Now, Judith was a child star in the 80s. She was in Jaws 4, The Revenge, and she was on a ton of TV shows. She was in The Land Before Time. That's right. She voiced that dinosaur. (laughs) She voiced Ducky. That's right. We did an episode on her. Yes. So if you want to hear her story, go find that episode. I think it's one of the earlier ones. Yes. Um, The owner of the house, Gabby Bernal, said, when we first moved in, we didn't know anything about the house. Oh, this is going to be on that show, um, Murder... The Murder House flip, or, or I guess that show is not existing now because it was on Quibi, but remember that that show that yeah. was pitched? So this was going to be a part of that series. Um, so she said the night that he did it, he came home drunk. His wife was trying to divorce him. She's kind of giving us some information on the story. She says that they died with so much anger. That's probably why that energy is still in this house. Now, The family says that they have trouble sleeping. They feel like people are watching them at night when they sleep and that wakes them up. It's just a very unsettling feeling in the house. They also can't sleep if they're facing the window. And that was where Judith was shot, like right in front of this window. Um, Gabby's room is littered with dream catchers, she says, because she wants to stop these nightmares that she's having. She started having nightmares that an imaginary friend named Joseph would open and close the garage door and come and turn off and on all of the lights in the house. So she didn't even know the guy's name was Joseph when she started having these dreams. Did they not even know that this house was where this tragedy occurred? That's what... They say, and I don't know, I know that there are some legal things where you have to disclose this, but maybe after a certain time, right. you don't have to, or maybe if it's gone through a few people, right. you don't have to. Right. Uh, so I don't know the exact law on that. I would love if there was like a database, like you could punch in your address and there would be like a database of people like, oh, I've seen a ghost when I lived here at this apartment, there was a ghost. Yeah. Here. So yeah, they're basically doing this kind of home remake makeover to kind of maybe freshen up the energy and make it more light and kind of hopefully that will work for them. Wow. But that sounds so scary. What a tragic story. Oof, that story, story was really sad. So sad. Um, so yeah, that, that, that was well, kind uh, that, of, that story is a lot more believable to me than the, the demon. Ghost. That haunting is a lot more believable to me than that demon caught on tape. You don't believe that grandma? Tori? I don't believe Tori. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. So part of why I started looking at these supernatural things is we got a very interesting letter from um, Camille. She is in the UK now, but she's from California. 
Uh, she's a fan of the show. She says that I live on the North Fork coast of the UK, about four hours north of London. It's very beautiful. A few months ago, about the first week of November, I went for a run. One of my usual routes past an old place called Cromer Hall, which was built in 1829 which is new for these parts. I did look at some pictures and it's a lot of old stone type buildings. I usually run in the day, but my husband bought me a headlamp as a gift. So I decided to go for a night run to test it out. My whole run was pretty well lit until I got to the Cromer Zoo. Yes, this is all sounding Scooby-Doo, I know, where all the streetlights stopped. Running past a zoo in pitch black is creepy enough, but then I had to run the pitch black road past Cromer Hall with only my headlamp for light. It was very creepy. The only thing I was thinking of, though, was bumping into anyone, not ghost. Anyway, as I passed the first gate of Cromer Hall, I heard the voice of a child say, hello, hello. The voice was really close, but there was absolutely no one there. I thought maybe it was a prank since it was not far off from Halloween. I did not stop. And then about 30 seconds later, approaching the second gate, the voice came back. This time it was like someone actually whispered in my ear, same voice, hello, hello, hello. And the sound stayed with me as I ran for a few seconds. At this point, I totally lost it and ran as hard as I could, thankfully to a crossroad that had a street lamp where I stopped to catch my breath. I may or may not have accidentally involuntarily had a small accident in my pants. I will not deny or confirm, haha, but I was absolutely terrified. I ran home super fast and was shaking when I got in. I went straight to Google immediately and Google, to Google immediately Cromer ghost. And this is what I found. (gasps) She found a whole article on the haunting of Cromer church. I think there's like several buildings right there, like the zoo, the hall, like they're all kind of right around each other. And she gave us some excerpts from the article One of them is, an old man I employed some years ago to clear away some of the rubbish told me that long ago as he was crossing the chancel at night, a childlike figure dressed in white arose from the ground within an arm's length of him and gradually increased in height till its face was level with his, and that then, all of a sudden, a great gash appeared across its throat and the blood poured down in a great torrent over its white clothes. Then it vanished in a flash, leaving a sighing sound in his ears. That's dramatic. Yes. Was this ghost associated to the smugglers synonymous with this area of the coast? It is believed that a smuggler's tunnel linked St. Peter and St. Paul to Cromer Hall half a mile away. So this area had some smuggler action back in the day. So this is back to Camille. So the fun part is that I live pretty much across the street from Parish Church, which is why I pass Cromer Hall on my way home. I must run nearly along this tunnel's route. So this tunnel is like underneath and not used anymore, but that's her running route when she goes jogging, I guess. Uh, so yeah, that's her story, Camille. which I thought <laughs> was really creepy. Camille, that's so scary. Dude, imagine having that creepy fucking headlight on your <laughs> Like it probably made everything look like because that's just one light kind of shining and you can't really see everything around you. It's yeah. just like wherever you're looking, you kind of see and everything around you is pitch dark. Camille, like, this is uh, do you watch horror movies? <laughs> this is how this is how this starts. Wow. What a crazy story. She also wants us to send her some sunshine because she's from L.A. Uh, in UK, but sorry, Camille. Why don't you send us a Vianetta? <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll trade you. <laughs> send, send me a Vianetta and some shepherd's pie. Thank Seriously. you. Okay, thanks for that story. That was really creepy. And please be careful. Yeah, be careful. Uh, so yeah, those are my stories and letters this week. We'll take a quick break. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've had a really stressful year with work and family stuff, and I know I'm not alone when I say I tend to push that stress down in order to get what I need done, done, and that only makes things worse. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. In the past, therapy has helped me navigate many situations from helping me to set boundaries to just becoming the best version of myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I love that it's entirely online, so it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash HCS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash HCS. Do you have any movies or books that you read this week? Okay, well... I'm still watching For All Mankind, and now I'm week to week, so that's a very frustrating experience. I watched The Witness, the documentary I mentioned on Kitty Genovese, and I finally watched the Woody Allen documentary. That is a four-part documentary on HBO Max, I think. Uh, I liked it a lot. I think it's really good. If you haven't seen it yet, you probably should check it out. Um, Lots of interesting information. There's a lot of history about their relationship and their lives before they met each other as well, which I kind of liked. Woody and Mia? Yes. 
Um, and then it just goes through the case. There's a lot of stuff I hadn't heard before. So I think if you think you know everything and are bored by it, I bet you you're going to be interested in because the way they film it, it's probably one of the better documentaries I've seen in the past year. There's been so many crime documentaries that have come out. This one really kind of drug, like dragged me in and I, I was like binging it at that right, point because I right. had avoided watching it because I felt like, eh, I don't know if I'm in the mood for this ever. And then when I started, I was like, well, I have to watch the second episode now. Like it definitely had that vibe to it where I wanted to learn more. So yeah, I recommend that. I didn't really... Oh, I watched Saw. That was my other big viewing this week. Right. So yeah, I think that's it. That's pretty much it. What about you? Well, like I said last week, I'm now I'm I'm getting into Law and Order Criminal Intent. Oh, right. Which look, I have seen Law and Order SVU. Look, I've seen that series many times the episodes like I've seen every single episode and a lot of the episodes I've seen multiple times so I figure look why don't I branch out to a different franchise right so I um I'm watching Criminal Intent starring Desi's favorite actor Vincent (laughs) D'Onofrio yes who she is still in a feud with because he still has her blocked on Twitter it's his feud not mine we (laughs) talked We talked about this last week on the mini episode, I think. Uh, it's it's good. I mean, like I said, I'm in a very procedural crime show TV mood. That's all I want to watch right now. And so that's what I'm watching. And then as in terms of podcasts, you know, listening to my favorite reality show podcasts, Dateline... There's nothing really new and exciting I'm I'm watching or listening to right now. Uh, no. I do want to comment on one thing about Vincent D'Onofrio. I'm not obsessed. But when you, Rachel, tweeted out the exchange at some point last week. I did. Uh, and there was information I had never seen before because he blocked me, so I didn't see some of his responses. So I had never seen where I said to him, I'm sorry, Vincent. <laughs> and he said back to me, no, you're, I don't believe you are sorry. <laughs> which to be honest he nailed me a bit like I wasn't really sorry but I was sorry he was mad or offended like I wasn't trying to like go after him look I still like Vincent D'Onofrio as an actor I still enjoy watching him I think he's he nailed it in Men in Black he's a good actor yeah uh he is not a good friend no I'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think if he got to know you, he would understand you, maybe. He would know. I was like very nice, fun person. You're, a, you're a, America's sweetheart. Absolutely. So, so give I her, was... <laughs> give her a chance, Vincent. Please, Vincent. Please. <laughs> there, are, there are some Twitter blocks that you're like, oh, just just get to know me first. Yeah. I mean, it's sad to me because it's like, I am an asshole sometimes on Twitter. This was definitely not one of those times. Right. Like I wasn't trying to be uh, mean, but yeah. So it was funny to see those things I had never seen. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, for me, the only famous person that I know of who has me blocked is Scott Conant of the Food Network. Right. But you know what? Good riddance. Yeah. Because you know what? I've never interacted with him on Twitter. He obviously searched his name and then saw that I was making fun of him because he doesn't eat raw onion. Exactly. So that's a sensitive soul. So you know what? (laughs) If you're going to block me just because I, I, you know what? I don't even think, I don't even think I was like, I, it wasn't even that bad. Whatever I said, I was watching chopped. Yes. God forbid I make a little snarky comment because He's the snarky asshole on Chopped. He can dish it out, but he cannot take he it. He can't take it. That's wild to me. I'm a nobody. Why did he block me? 
I really need to know how he, I would love to see how he saw the tweet and why he blocked you. It would, the tweet didn't even do numbers. It was like 20 people liked it. And then the next thing I know I'm blocked. So now it's like, well, now all I want to do is tweet about how much of a dork you are. Yeah. What a, what a insane block. And you know what? Power move on my part. Even after he blocked me, I still went to his restaurant in Las Vegas. <laughs> and it was delicious. Scarpetta. This was years ago, but I went to Scarpetta after, even after he blocked me. I've always wanted to try that signature pasta. He, well, he makes such a big deal. The thing about Scott Conant, he's a celebrity chef, if you don't know who he is. His whole thing is like, you're not cooking your pasta right. You're, you need to do, it's not al dente enough. You, yeah. you need to use the pasta water to thicken the sauce. But like, he's like very anal retentive about his pasta, which I understand. Like pasta, you want to do it right. Yeah. But it's like, I wanted to, you want to taste, I, I want to taste your pasta, Scott. Yeah. If it's Make that it good. Make it for me. Right. Um, I did hear that pasta was very good, but he's not making it. It's like the chef at the restaurant. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's his recipe, I guess. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, it was a good restaurant though. I mean, I like high, high end Italian restaurants. Of course. <laughs> That's who, like the who best. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> No offense, Olive Garden. I probably all, like you, you know too. I'll, I'll eat Olive Garden too. Only been to Olive Garden one time in my life. That's like the place I'll get fettuccine Alfredo because I'm like, I want it the gross American way, like the cream sauce. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, right. I like both. I went to Olive Garden one time in my life when it used to exist in Westwood in Los Angeles. Oh. There was one in Westwood, and this was in like 2005. Oh. I got so shit faced there. Oh they, damn! Look, they served me. I was a teenager, <laughs> and they served me, and I got shit faced. And I had so many breadsticks. Those breadsticks are amazing. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. I gotta say, I went to Olive Garden. I feel like in the nineties once, where I didn't know it was a chain restaurant, and I was like with some guy, and he was like, "Let's go to Olive." Garden. I was like, "What is that?" And he's like, "Pasta." And I was like, "Okay," but then I was like, "Wait, that was a chain restaurant." <laughs> And I don't remember disliking it, but I like pasta. So yeah. look, if I got some ravioli with red sauce, you know, I grew up eating fucking Chef Boyardee out of the can cold. Like, right. So at that level in my life, I would love good stuff and, and chain restaurant food. Uh, there isn't one that I know of. I, you know, look, I have looked. There are no Olive Gardens close by in the city of LA. There aren't? So we have to go to like Riverside or something? I think so. Okay. We have to go. We'll go on a road trip when, you know, yeah. when we're when all we're allowed, when we can go out. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. I want to try Olive Garden. I want to go with you. We have to go together. Yeah. We have. <laughs> Wait, do you still get the, un, un, is it like the never ending pasta bowl? Do they? <laughs> yeah. The Olive Garden is where you get the never ending pasta bowl and unlimited soup salad and breadsticks. I love that, that kind of salad at a chain restaurant where it's like the romaine lettuce and the like... <laughs> boxed crouton with the like one cherry tomato oh yeah has and all like the, the dew italian of, dressing and the and <laughs> yeah and the italian dressing and then there's or ranch but that goopy italian yes, dressing but i love that but but i'm saying when i'm at olive garden that's what i want to eat here's the thing about that goopy italian dressing there's always like a few red pepper flakes yes. in it, but there's also those balls <laughs> those like do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe they're mustard seeds, but they're kind of clear at this point. I don't know, but I do have a bottle of that in my fridge. I like that kind of dressing. I do too. Look, I love vinaigrette. 
That's the thing with both of us. We yeah. like the high end, but we're also trash, and we like the low end stuff too. I'm not a food snob. Some people, no, me either. People have asked us if we're, we're assume we're food snobs. We're not food snobs. We we are particular about things we don't like. Right, but, but we like it all. But I like I like all food. Yeah, and Pretty I have much. strong attachments to things I eat as a child. Yeah, that's me why too. I like that Italian dressing because that was something I made for myself as a child. Yeah. I loved salad with that Italian dressing. Mm. <laughs> so just like iceberg lettuce or yep. cucumbers yep. with like that dressing on it. And I Good. agree with you. The store bought croutons, those yeah. little squares, they hit the cubes. <laughs> They're different. Like I like the fresh shredded bread ones well, with those little cubes. But that's for a different salad. <laughs> those little cubes. The, the They're little... good on their own. I used to fucking eat them out of the box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, that, well, you know what? That's a good snack. They're really good because they're seasoned, bitch. <laughs> those little breadcrumbs are seasoned. Sometimes they have a little powder on them, like yeah. a cheese powder. Yeah, I know. Oh, man, they're good. They're good. Uh, okay, so did you... Eat it. How did we even start talking about this? Oh, Scott Conant. Did you eat anything good this week? Well, I made a shrimp. Oh, Look, today I we ma- had... I made Desi a very romantic lunch today. <laughs> we, we're, we're actually recording this episode in the daytime. Yeah. Very unusual for a mini episode. That's right. I made Desi a very romantic lunch. I made her some roasted shrimp mm-hmm. and a salad with butter lettuce and avocado and satsuma oranges. Yeah. This was not an Olive Garden salad. This was like a very uh, gourmet, delicious, yeah. light salad. The satsumas were so good. They were perfect. They were really good. That made all the difference. Yeah. Because when you have a bad citrus salad, oof. I also ate an entire bag of shrimp chips last night. Oh. Look, I'm, I love shrimp, if it's not clear. <laughs> That reminds me of this Red Lobster commercial I used to imitate as a child where there was a really old man, like 90, and they had an all-you-can-eat shrimp special at Red Lobster. And the commercial was, in the commercial he said, I like shrimp. I'm a shrimp eater. And I used to say it. I used to say it all the time. Like, I don't know if he was toothless, but it had that vibe where it was like, he said it in a really funny voice. Oh, my God. But he was like really old, and he looked like he just got off a shrimping boat, to be honest. I need, hold on. We need to pause because I need to look Look up this commercial. <laughs> we'll be right back. Well, I'm devastated. We can't find the commercial. If you know the commercial, please email it to us. This is actually good that we're doing a call to action because this is how I found the Taco Bell commercial. Oh, right. I had searched for many years on YouTube to find a Taco Bell commercial that I remembered from the mid-90s back when their slogan was, there's nothing ordinary about it, Taco Bell. (laughs) If anyone remembers that, it it was actually a song. It was like a jingle. Um, I searched high and low for this commercial. The premise was, this is a very cheesy burrito. burrito. This burrito has a lot of cheese in it. And it was two guys like at the Grand Canyon, or they were like in some kind of Arizona desert overlooking these red cliffs okay and one guy sees a scorpion and he freaks out and he stumbles and he flies off the cliff but before he flies off the cliff he grabs a hold of his friend's burrito and the cheese inside the burrito creates a bungee cord (laughs) and he's like whoa and then he like springs back up onto the cliff like he almost died but this but this burrito saved him and his friend grabs the burrito back and he goes, get your own. 
Wow. Like he doesn't even care that his friend just died. And then it goes, there's nothing ordinary about it. Taco Bell. I like that that's their idea of like, that's nothing ordinary. <laughs> like it's so extreme. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, it was the mid 90s. Everything was very extreme then. That's right. It was the era of extreme sports. Yes. Especially bungee jumping. Oh my God. Everyone loved to bungee jump in 1994. Nope. Not me. <laughs> I'm never doing Not that. Not me. I know I'll be the one. But I searched for this commercial high and low on YouTube for years. And one day on Twitter, I posted a call to action. And one of my reply guys, I would be nothing without my reply guys, they responded with that commercial. They found I it. I have to know how they found something. I have no idea. Like, but what did they search for that you didn't search for? I'm a very good, I'm proficient in searching for things on the internet, okay? Yeah. I do it all day long. I couldn't find this commercial, but one brave reply guy found it for me. You know, to be honest, I'm a pretty good searcher too, and there's been a few times I've searched for something and couldn't find it, and then one day I figured out, I just thought like, wait, I should put this, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know if it like finally showed up on the internet, and that's why I found it that time, but you just have to get the exact right search term sometimes. Right. Uh, and maybe sometimes... You can have too many yeah. that sort of cancel out something. Right. So sometimes narrowing it down even lower is better. So we'll find this Red Lobster commercial. I, I realized as we were searching for it that I have seen this commercial. It's a very... Uh, they're not in the restaurant, I don't think. I think they're, they're on, on location. The, <laughs> they're on a dock. <laughs> That's my memory. And it's a very like seafaring, a modern-day fisherman... He's, you know, older. So this isn't like retro or oldie time. It's like a, he's like, he's a shrimp farmer or whatever the fuck it's called. Shrimp <laughs> farmer. A shrimp catcher. So he's out there on the boats. It had like a um, Louisiana vibe to me. Yeah. It looked like an old dock. He's out there every day catching shrimp, but he also likes to eat them. Yeah. That's my memory. So right. if you know it, send it to us. And he said, I love shrimp. I'm a shrimp eater. I'm a shrimp eater. <laughs> like he wants us to know he doesn't just catch them. He actually likes to eat them too. Right. Uh, so yeah, I would love to see that guy. I would love that. That was my little catchphrase. My earlier catchphrase was the shake and bake uh, mm-hmm. catch line. So I always have like a little food catch line <laughs> going throughout my life. <laughs> Speaking of food, was there anything else that you ate this week? No. Okay. I did make some corned beef last night. Very last minute decision. So I had to cook it real like... It was stressful and I ate pretty late because I didn't start it in time. It's right. one of those meats that take hours to cook. Look, I don't celebrate St. Patrick's Day, but whenever there's a holiday where I could make a food themed around it, I feel a lot of pressure because I want to because I'm like, oh, this is a good time to make this food. Yes, that's the same way. I obviously do not celebrate St. Patrick's Day, even though I am Irish. Uh, it's not a holiday I celebrate, but I do like corned beef. So it's pretty much the only time I feel like you can buy it because they have it just right in the package at the store. Sorry, that was the dryer. (laughs) (laughs) So I did get one uh, and I have very specific things about how I serve it that, you know, obviously I don't boil my cabbage in the (laughs) pot with it because I don't like that overboiled cabbage. Yeah. So this is a really good cabbage dish. If you like cabbage, shred your cabbage saute it with a lot of butter and then add some caraway seeds. Mm. It's a really good side dish and I make it all the time, but especially on St. Patrick's Day because I like that instead of the boiled cabbage. The thing that I like to make that is like an Irish food that I like is soda bread. Of course. But I make Ina's version of it. Ooh. Look, 
I make I make Ina's version, which is like a sweet. It has currants in it and orange zest. Ooh, yeah, that sounds. So good. it's not like a plain flavored. Yes, it has some flavor in it. No, I like the orange zest. I also went to my favorite cheese shop in Eagle Rock. You have to go there, Milk Farm, and bought a lot of cheeses yesterday. So I'm gonna eat those this week. <laughs> I also got a salami. <laughs> I was working on, when I was working on the main episode this week, I was literally like, if I don't get salami right now, I can't work in these conditions. Did, like I had such a desperate need for salami. Did you get a salami, like a log? I got a log of salami and I got sliced salami because I needed some immediate gratification. <laughs> we didn't want to slice, you know, those logs, Yeah, they can be difficult to deal with. And this one had one of those real gourmet skins on it that you have to like soak to get those off. Those are tough. They're tough, but then when you get into it, it's fucking delicious. Yeah. So I haven't actually uh, done that. I did eat a lot of the um, sliced salami. I got some fresh burrata. <laughs> got some Inverness fucking cowgirl creamery. And I got, a, I got a goat cheese that has ash on it, like one of those. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's really good. It's this small little ball, and it was like $14. But it's like, Jesus, when I was, I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm just like, I was like, put that in the bag. I want that. I spent a lot of money there, but they deserve it. Yeah. They're a great local business, so support them if you live in the area. I yeah. love it. Uh, yeah, so that's all I that's all I got. Cool. All um, right. Okay. That's all I got too. We'll see you Bye. on Tuesday. Bye-bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 